Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Good evening everyone, welcome to Horror, I'm Lee, I'm Adam, and I'm Chris, and we are here yet again, uh, part two of the Halloween extravaganza, um, Shocktoberfest, yes, Shocktoberfest, ooh, I like it, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and, and uh, Conal <laughs> oh, you managed to hold the accent the whole way through that line, which is a lot better than the actor manages to do for the film, but we'll he come to that, well, he, he is actually Irish, and I think it's his... But he does sound like that because he's in loads of shit. My word. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dist- distracting ourselves now. So anyway, so just watch Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Um, and Not a lot to do with witches. Fuck all. There's not a witch there, there was, to be seen. There's a bit of a... So going back to ancient times, something yeah, about like the old pagan. Yeah, but um, they refer to it as witchcraft. They yeah. do, yeah. And so there is a witch mask. Yeah. There is. There's three masks. You got the skull, the jack o' lantern, and the witch. Have you seen that? There is one of the original posters for it. Is like an old, funny, cartoony drawing of a witch, and it says "Season of Witch," and it's really awesome looking. But yeah, it's got piss all to do anything. <laughs> Presumably why they had to get rid of that one. Shame, I love it. It was my wallpaper on my computer for a while. Um, and really, the Jack Lantern is the main icon. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. For this, the opening this, titles. and I think it's the mask I'd want if I was a kid. Yeah, it's the one I'd have had. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So we're all vomiting crickets and mm-hmm. snakes. and be worth it to have that mask, though. Yeah, true. Yeah. That big, dirty rattler. <laughs> so... What did you make of it, Chris, for your first viewing? Of- well, I really liked the start. Um, I liked the music. It reminded me of a band that I used to listen to called Hell Job and also Vangelis, which I guess it oh, is yeah. similar Hand sort job. of synth. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Skin Job in oh, German. Like, oh, so, so like... Hell Job. I think that's so how it's like pronounced. from Blade Runner? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, cool. But, and, yeah, just... I don't know, the bass line sounded very similar, similar sort of sound, um, and the, the rhythm. But yeah, so I liked that, and I liked the electronic, uh, you know, because it sort of showed you the, the like, digital, you know. Oh yeah, the, the digital artwork of the pumpkin yeah, sort of being so it drawn. Sort of gave it, the right? impression of something to do with technology. So I quite liked that as a, a start. 
Um, from what I gather, that took months. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because they didn't have the sort of technology readily to do available it. to yeah. just. Yeah. I'm not even sure. It may even be animated. Mm. You know, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like yeah, the BBC course. one's all animated rather yeah. than an actual computer graphics thing. I mean, that looks pretty close to it, but still, yeah, apparently it took them like months to do it. Wow. Because, yeah, computers weren't that sort of easy to use or sophisticated or cheap. So. No, that's true. I did think that actually this time, watching those opening titles, the when it gets to the end and it's the flashing blue light with the pumpkin in between yeah. and it's just getting faster and faster and I was thinking, God, this is the kind of film I could get home at, you know, night out at the pub, get in at midnight and put this film on. I would puke my ring yeah. up if I tried to watch yeah. this in the middle of the night, I think. Yeah, that's enough to mess with you anyway, whether you've got one of the masks or not. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so I really liked the detective aspect of it. Um, and the fact that it was the company that was making nefarious products, I thought mm. that was really good. Mm. Uh, you know, made the story interesting. Um, and the yeah, the doctor teaming up with the girl. Um, I suppose I couldn't quite work out why they were so obsessed with finding, like, getting to his car. I guess you just would be, but. Um, the, yeah, it's it's unusual. I don't I don't know why yeah, I don't I don't know. Like obviously we know why he wants to get involved because, you know it it's obvious yeah. he's a bit of a sex pest. Yeah. Yeah. He's a forty five year impression. old man after a possibly nineteen year old looking girl. But see now this see it's got the on the buses effect again. It's exactly the same as in the fog. It's Tom Atkins is fantastic. Yeah. I love him. He has the greatest moustache ever, right? Except but, in the fog, where he's clean shaven. Except in the fog. Uh, but the moustache clearly needs to be there because he looks odd in the fog. Yeah. But either way, he looks like a middle-aged man in not very good shape. And two films now, I've just seen young girls in their teens just cannot wait to get in his pants. And, and I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I the main thing I have a problem with is not so much. I mean, maybe she's maybe well, she's obsessed with her dad, so maybe that's like a, a thing. But I'm not sure in the same circumstances if someone had just pulled my father's eyes out and ripped his skull apart with their bare hands, then immolated themselves in the car park. <laughs> I don't know if that'd flood my basement. No, Do you know what I mean? No, I don't think I'd be. Turned on enough. She to does see. get over it very quick. Literally, the very next day. And then he gets over her very quickly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's fast work. I don't know why she packed that negligee. I can't get over it. This is what confused me. Like, all she had was that tiny little case that just happened to be in her car. Mm. Where did she get this sexy lingerie from? She couldn't have been wearing that. I think, possibly, I mean, just bear with me. Maybe she really has got daddy issues. And she was visiting <laughs> her dad. And it's like, I brought my sexy negligee, father. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Christ, not this again. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm impugning a fictional series of characters, but I think, you know, I don't, oh, I don't want to go that route, but I do think that, I mean, he's groping the nurse's bum, <laughs> uh, albeit so playfully, but... It's very 70s, you know. He, and what the fuck is going on with him, the pathologist? Have you still got the... Yes, I have. Yeah. I, 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I need to. Oh, and I did a bit of because this this was worrying me as you, as you knew during during the film, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I had a quick Google. So don't. Uh, so if I'm wrong on this, people, please don't uh, write in. I mean, write in because it'd be nice if you did. But uh, yeah, he walks around with that hanky in, in the mm. left back pocket. That's right. What did yeah. you find in out? the gay scene, that means that he is a top into oral. So basically, he, he if he went to a gay club, he's asking someone to suck his cock. Okay, fair enough. Just just putting it out there. It, it's funny that straight away you were like, I think that's a signal. What's a signal? That handkerchief hanging out of his back pocket. Because it, it's it a swingers thing or something. Yeah. Like, I've not I've not heard it, of it. It does stand out a bit. Because it, yeah, it's it weird, and it's in um, what's his name? Fucking because um, there was a big thing about it because it was on the front cover of. Bruce Springsteen, Born in the, Born oh, in the right, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is that an album as well yeah, as a I song? Think, I yeah, I think. So, yeah. yeah, and the front cover of that, he's got a hanky out the back pocket, and there was all this thing where it was like, oh, oh it means this because it's this colour and everything. Oh, right, okay. But That's yeah, right. so I thought, oh, well, maybe, but yeah, apparently it's part of like the gay cruising, or was, I mean, I'm assuming that nowadays it's a bit easier, but you know. So, so. if that's the case, why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether I don't know. I, I mean, maybe he's. I think maybe he's just fucking sex mad. Did he demand to be allowed to do that? If he like, did, as the if the actors, maybe. The, I mean, we've not. We should look into this. If he's yeah. doing it in other films, yeah, then he's putting. It, he's really putting it out there in the world. Because I'm not sure how it fits the the character. I don't know because, like I say, we we sort of decided that he might be sort of, you know. Really oversexed, yeah. so maybe it's he. Maybe he's bi. Just anything will do. You know, what I, mean? I am due to rewatch Night of the Creeps, and it, it, I have yes, got very, man. very close to watching it again about three times in the last month. So when I rewatch it, if he has anything, any, if he's giving off any signals that I notice, I will let Please. you know. Yeah, bring them to the table. My limited knowledge of um, <laughs> sexual sing- signals in the seventies. But, um, Sexual signals in the seventies. Now that's an album. <laughs> and he's mostly only showing it to uh, like machines in yeah, the town that they visit. That's true. Oh, I read something. This is just a weird fact that uh, came up. Is apparently at one point they were going to make all the automaton sort of robot henchmen. Hmm. Uh, they were going to give them all red hair. Which I kind of assume is something to do with the Irish connection. Okay. Possibly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like whether they're meant to be um like sort of leprechauns or something like that, you know. Very unusual. Yeah. I mean they didn't bother going with it probably because well we can, you can have an explosion at the end oh. or enough hair dye to do this film. You can <laughs> have an explosion yeah. at the end. <laughs> Um, all right, so really, you've both done a great job of highlighting something else I was going to say. Was that it was much funnier than I was expecting. And I don't know if that was always intentional. I, I, I don't think it was necessarily intentional. Some I, of it must have been. Because, I, I, yeah, the character is just, he's fucking ridiculous, which is, like, so she says to it, this is what made me laugh, and I'd not spotted it the last time, but this time I really did. I think maybe because I've got a bit older and it's the kind of thing mm-hmm. I would have done. She says, 
He's going to Santa Mira. It's only round the corner. We'll take a drive. But he has to get a six-pack for the drive. He has to have a whole six-pack. And then when he gets there and she goes, right, let's explore, the very first thing he says, having just drunk an entire <laughs> six-pack in the car, is, well, I don't know about you, but I need a drink. Well, not only that, where, where does she go and find him? The nurses said you'd be here when he's in that horrible bar where it's just him, clearly drinking in the day. <laughs> And yeah, so he's obviously, you know, all the. That's why he's in the lounge, like, half asleep. That's why he's laid out on the couch. He's sleeping yeah. it off. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He's he, pissed he does, at work. I was say, he does look a bit bleary when he first. Well, I mean, to be fair, they've just woken him up with a woman screaming, but. Do you think that this is. Because obviously we never get an explanation for why him and his missus are separated. Mm-hmm. Do you think this oh, because think there's, there's a hint from the bone over sex piss artist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that she's not exactly the most. Uh, conversational on the phone. Oh Christ! I mean, they 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 don't pull any like they don't have any sort of attempt at sort of like making her a reasonable woman. She is a nagging machine, yeah, just constantly. Like he's and in the middle of being chased down by <laughs> some evil robots and a psychopathic uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 and she's just nagging him. Yeah. Cause especially because it's like, no, you're just saying that because you're jealous because yeah. they prefer my master yours. Yeah. Goodbye. And you're like, all right, bloody hell. But it's his reaction to stuff. I've got, I've made a note actually. I don't normally make notes while we were, but my, my um, my note here just says Tom Atkins explosion equals well, that was some shit. When the guy is in the car and sets fire to it and it explodes, and he just stands and looks at it and goes. Oh. Yeah, but they would. He's not like, oh my god, quick, somebody check, somebody see if he's alright. Is there a doctor? Wait, I'm a doctor. This is a hospital. He just goes, oh, well, that was weird. And that's how the news goes. (laughs) (laughs) But, and they all go and stand around a burning car in the car park next to two other cars. (laughs) And, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. Darwin Award. I prefer cool, Darwin yeah. Award coming up. No, it's it's very strange, but... Oh, Christ, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've also got the Funny American family. They're uh, brilliant. Yeah. I, they're probably... Apart from Cochrane, because I just think he's a great... He's really good as a villain. He's mm-hmm. brilliant. But they are probably my favourite thing in this, because they are just... Sort of... I, I mean, that's... That's America digging back at itself, yeah. Yeah. really, of like the sort of, sort of fat, sort of ignorant, loud, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but they are really good. But shockingly enough, when I was looking stuff up, they, um, I don't think that, I don't, I think he was, I think the kid was just in this, I don't think he was like, um, like, sort of went on to act yeah. as an adult. But the uh, the mum and the dad like have only got like three other credits between them. Oh really? And stuff and they're That's just, a shame. Cause I they're don't really good. Either. Yeah, I don't know whether they're maybe they're stage actors or something like that. So they might have done more like that. Or, mm. but they are so good. <laughs> Even the other sales lady who comes along, the one the one who gets the misfire. Is it Marge? Mm. Marge Marge Gutman. Oh, yeah. Is she yeah. in anything else? Uh, Marge Gutman. Was Marge Gutman in anything else? Let's see. Uh, well, clearly nothing I've noted. Mm-hmm. Nah, okay. to be honest. But um, uh, well, actually, here we go. I'll give you uh, give you a bit of a bit of factoroids. Um, yeah, the um, the nagging wife 
was actually married to Tommy Lee Wallace, the director. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they had two kids. They're now divorced, and I don't know whether that whether that was... It was like, well... <laughs> Right, we need something to play the nagging wife. You'll do. <laughs> Maybe were they at the at the knockings of something here? I don't know. Um, but here's but here's the weird thing. She she again she didn't really do many other films, but the films she did do were she's Julian Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Mm-hmm. She's Annie in Halloween and Halloween Two. She's Sandy in the Fog. Wow. And the weirdest thing is this film. She's uh, the, the actress is Nancy Keys. Mm. But this is this is the only film where she's this is the first film where she was ever credited with her real name. Oh. All those other ones for John Carpenter, she was credited as Nancy Loomis. Ah, obviously, sort of, which feeds into Doctor Loomis in yeah, Halloween yeah. and so on and so forth. So, mm. yeah, but but this was, I mean, obviously, sort of like she like she was with doing it. She's been with was in films like Assault and Precinct Thirteen precedes. Halloween as well, yeah. so but yeah, so it just a, that was just a weird one that sort of cropped yeah. up while I was going through bits. Yeah, um, see if there's anyone else. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who Starker was in this, but there was a guy called Starker, and he was Colonel Glover in Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead Two. Oh, okay. It wasn't the drunk guy. No. Oh, might have been actually, because um, there's. Rafferty, who had the mm. the hatal hatal blarney yeah. story, yeah. top of the morning to you, and everything. Um, he's in Dead and Buried, the Philadelphia Experiment, and he's in Deadpool. Uh, in the Deadpool, not okay. Deadpool. Yeah, the Dirty Harry. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I was about to say I don't know if he's Irish, but if he is, I hope that like the rest of the Irish have ganged up and given him a bloody good talking to for, <laughs> for, for what he did in this. You know, I think that's a bit that was a bit much. Um, and oh, and the the dad, um, Harry uh, Grimbridge. Yes. Which incidentally, Grimbridge. Not the most attractive of surnames. No. And it's yet another euphemism for the taint, I would say. You've got Smelly Bridge, <laughs> Bass. The Grimbridge. Yeah, the nice. Grimbridge. Oh, dear. I'll tell you what. Just terrible chafing on the Grimbridge. Grimbridge. <laughs> <laughs> but he is um, Dr. Hans Gruber in Reanimator. You know, oh, the first God, teacher yes. who he revives. Yeah, like yeah. his first, yeah. So yeah, which I thought was uh, I thought that were cool. That needs another another rewatch at some. I only saw that for the first time about three years ago, which I know you were amazed because you gave me your. I think you bought it on Blu-ray or something. Gave oh, me your Christ, DVD. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never seen it at that point, but yeah, that yeah. was a that was a really good. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great. Surprise, that, yeah. That's another one we might need to look into. And Bri- mm. I've not seen Bride of yet, so no. Uh, well, because there's Bride of Beyond Reanimator yeah. as well. But Beyond Reanimator, I've seen. I don't know if I've seen Bride actually. I must have. Maybe I missed that. I don't know. Um, other ones that came up were uh, Willie Chalice, which is not a, a cup of dick, <laughs> but Willie Chalice, who is the the son. Like um, Tom Atkins' son yes. in this, um, he's Homer in Near Dark. 
You know the kid vampire? Yeah. Who's so fucking good. Wow. In that, yeah, he's, yeah, so he's in that. Oh, he's so it's in... a shame he had such a... Yeah, it doesn't have much to do he with this. Do basically, with Danny, did you bring us anything? And that's about it, really, isn't it? There's a mask, thanks, that was shit. And they, I love the way they just drop them on the floor and walk over them to get to <laughs> yeah. the better masks that Mum Yeah, them. no, they, they're dicks. <laughs> um, and he's also in River's Edge, but he's he's gone on to mainly do um, he, um, uh, uh, like scripts and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but he's oh, but apparently he's in the Wizard of Gore remake. Okay. Um, now this is the one that having l- listening to it, I can now tell so badly. But um, I always knew this one. Tommy Lee Wallace is the voice of the adverts. It's nearly time, oh, kids. Get really? ready for okay. the horathon. That's that's Tommy Lee Wallace. But more importantly, the curfew announcements and the phone operator, like you know, when he's trying to call out and it just yeah, your, yeah. your line cannot be doing it. That's Jamie Lee Curtis. Hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, and sort of when we was watching it, when especially like sort of just the curfew announcements, everything's like. Yeah, that's clearly Jamie Lee Curtis. Now someone said it. See, I missed that because I'm too busy being distracted by the fact that there was the curfew announcement while it was still daylight, mm. and then we saw him walking out of the off-licence with his bottle of whatever the fuck yeah. in a brown paper bag after dark. So I was like, right, so there's a curfew when no one's allowed to leave the house, but the off-licence is still open. <laughs> yeah. Who's sneaking out to the liquor store and risking getting killed by robots? Well, not only that. Well, well him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, that's what it is. They're just like, oh, look, Alky Joe's turned up. we better fucking <laughs> give him a free... Yeah, let him go because uh, well, I mean, there's the the um, there's like the homeless guy, yeah, as well, who's sort of clearly out and about. Mm. And the that, people running the license. Yeah, exactly. Unless they live above, uh, unless they live above the store, you know. I don't know, but um, Claire was talking to someone the other day, and she used the term convenience store, and just went, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's like, yeah, because this is England. What are you talking about? <laughs> Convenience store. Do you mean you went to the, the off-licence? That's yeah. where you went, didn't you? Yeah, but for some reason, off-licence seems like a really 70s word now, and I don't know why. It shouldn't. It I think we should bring it back, like municipal baths. Oh, I'm not going to a sports centre, I'm going to the municipal baths. Oh, what a disgusting turn of phrase. Yeah, that's me, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Talking of the director and screenwriter for this, mm-hmm. I didn't realise he, that he also did the It, the original yep. It miniseries. He directed and did screenplay for that. Yeah, he did that. He did Fright Night Part 2, wrote and directed. Love that. And this I didn't even know was a thing. He wrote and directed the 2002 film Vampires Los Muertos, which is a sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires, starring John Bon Jovi. I love the I love the roller coaster of that one where you're like, don't know that. Sequel to Vampires starring John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah it just that's, yeah, that's a lot of up and downs, isn't it? Yeah. What I I know. How did I not even know that he'd be like don't get me yeah. wrong, I don't follow his career, but you think you'd know, right? Yeah. And he uh, from what from what it appears, he is the lead. Do you know what I mean? It's not just like one of those ones where he's like like the sidekick or oh, it's a cameo man. and he gets I'm murdered I'm going to have to be so drunk but I'm going to have to see it on a different note I heard Lydia Lunch's version of Blaze of Glory and it's really good Lydia Lunch Lydia Lunch is a New York um, punk singer she was done stuff with Sonic Youth and oh, right. loads of other things but yeah she's recently covered it with a band called Cypress Grove 
Because at first I mistakenly thought it was Lydia Lunch and Cyrus Hill. And that really, I was like, now I really want to hear that. But yeah, yeah, they do Blaze of Glory from Young Guns or Young Guns 2. Okay. Never seen those either. No. Really? No. No. I I loved those when I was young. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's uh, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, I liked him. He was a fun rogue. Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips as well, yeah. Uh, you know, name you don't hear that often now. Who was that? Was there a Sheen in it? Like the other yeah. Sheen? Yeah. Because obviously me and the rest of us is a Sheen, but... You know. yeah. yeah. I think Charlie Sheen... Well, again, I don't really remember. I just remember it being one of those films that was big in the 90s yeah. and I kept thinking, oh, well, I will watch it one day and now, I th- 20 I think years later, I still haven't watched it. I was going to say, I, th- I think if you approached it now, you might not be mm. so... See now, see, now, I have to admit this as well, and this is going to generate so much hate, but I watched The Dark Crystal for the first time last week, and I think, because it doesn't have that nostalgia attached to it... Uh, oh, you didn't like it? Oh, 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 fair enough. Really. I, wait, that's the one with the... With the two, Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The well, I started to show it to Toby, mate, and he mate. loved it, right? But it was a bit... I thought I don't know, it's a little bit old, maybe. It is. Mm. It is a bit it's dark some, and scary yeah. for yeah. But, but yeah. I thought it was really seemed really good. But I can see how, yeah, you know, if I was just watching it for the first time at this age, and I wasn't showing it to Toby, I probably wouldn't be. I was going to say, don't get me wrong. I wasn't expecting it to change my life as a no. man in his thirties watching the Dark no. Crystal. But I, I thought it would, uh, yeah, possibly appeal. You've got to admit the sketches look are just. Right, yeah, they're horrible. They're and, so good. and the crab things. The yeah. Big, <laughs> yeah. Crab things. Uh, load of, load of uh, pilgrim hippies with big noses and loads of arms. They're pretty cool. The girlfriend. I think that's the thing. The girlflings aren't that engaging. Mm. A bit too yeah. pointy and cute. And sort yeah. Of, yeah. yeah, so you don't really... But it's really worth it for the Chamberlain. He's just such a shit. He's yeah, he was but, awesome. I loved his voice as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I watched, what did I, I watched that in a, in a double bill with something else. Labyrinth or... That's no, a, mm. That seems to be the so one that everyone does. As see, I, don't, I, know, yeah. I don't remember a lot of Labyrinth either, so I need to re-watch it. But again, I think it have pretty much the same if, effect. If, if you really like Dark it. Crystal, it might, yeah. Hmm. So, it's hard to say, yeah, whether it's... I'm not a big fan of fantasy, though, to be honest. Like, I've never mm. really oh, into the Lord of the Rings or anything. That's oh, controversial, is it? Sorry, Chris. What, um, what are your thoughts on Hulk the Slayer and bear in mind I could get violent <laughs> I could get violent at that point look um, Hulk the Slayer is great it's like the first series of Game of Thrones yeah so yeah I like Game of Thrones and uh, still one of my one of my favourite things that I return to on a very regular basis is the Adult Swim cartoon that they did a pilot for and never followed on called Korgoth of Barbaria oh yes um, yeah Oh, I've seen that at least twenty times, and it still makes me laugh every time. It's what about Conan? Did you have you ever I seen have Conan? I've seen the Conan right. films. Haven't you? See, I saw that <laughs> for the first time, um, yeah, not that long ago, like last year. Yeah, and I, I thought it was really good. It was, but I also didn't realise James L. Jones was in yeah. it. Yeah, and I was like, hold on, this actually really reminds me of Star Wars because he's like acting like Darth Vader. Yeah, he's quite a dark, twisted thing. And then at some point, he says. Like I'm your father. I'm yeah, like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, but, it does feel a bit sort of like you know, oh, 
Well, who's going to play the the hero dad who's the main villain who's pretty badass? Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone got James L. Jones' number? <laughs> yeah. But, well, no, I thought that was really good. And I can see how, yeah, if I'd seen that when I was younger, that would have been amazing, I think. Yeah. But I think the... Um, no, because there's, there's that and there's Conan the Destroyer. Yes, well, you, might, you, you might you might might want to give give them a whirl because I mean, so I've it, got them both, and it's Arnie. Who, who yeah, I, mean, I do like. Well, not that, is... but also I think they're the more brutal end of fantasy. I think yeah. fantasy's a bit twee. Yeah, I think that you might know. be the issue. It is after watching most of the films you've seen. Like yeah, well, most fantasy is going to be hard to. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. If you don't care that much about. Fantasy as a genre. Well, no, but yeah. I quite like. That's the thing. As I say, I, I like. Because horror, a kind of, it feeds in, into yeah. it. It's magic, supernatural. You know, it has a lot of crossover monsters. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think but, I, I feel like I like the idea of fantasy, and of course, I love seventy stoner music, seventy stoner rock, which is all just completely tied into that. Mm-hmm. Well, prog certainly, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I just, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just. The kiddie end of it, I think. Maybe I need to see more adult fantasy in. Yeah, because it, it, you know, I think because I think that's the thing is it became, especially through, um, like a lot of fantasy cinema now, re- was always aimed that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Game of Thrones is probably the nearest to well, not nearest. I mean, it's clearly adult fantasy. You can't show <laughs> kids beheadings and blowjobs. It's not. It's just not on. No. Uh, it's not on, Lee. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> But I'll stop you there. But I'll tell you what apparently is on, which is What's perfectly that? acceptable, on Halloween night, according to the film that we've just watched, yeah. to show the first Halloween yeah. movie, which is an X-rated movie, to show that at 7 o'clock in the evening to kids with the intention of children at the age where they go trick-or-treating watching it before the big giveaway. Yeah. That's completely... Maybe, yeah, like, maybe, yeah. maybe it's a really watered-down one. You know, like when they show Beverly Hills Cop at 5 o'clock on a Sunday Oh, yeah, and they've just edited it all. Yeah, edit all the swearing out, it's 40 minutes long plus adverts. You know? <laughs> so I haven't seen Halloween, but if you edit out all the bits that they can't watch... It's Does just that just make it following them around a bit? <laughs> but, but I think that they I'll slowly all disappear from the film for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, actually, yeah, because that's just, yeah. You'd, and, and you'd have to, because I mean, just on a suspense level, that's the terror of it. The, the attacks are one thing. Yeah. Mm. But the actual sort of like, when he's stalking them. Yeah. That's really fucking horrible. Yeah. You know, that's the disturbing sort of part. Yeah, I don't think you shouldn't show a kid it. No, definitely not. So, so all Halloween films anti-children, then? Is that the... Well, I suppose, in a way, the first one is because Michael Myers is basically bad from childhood. Mm. So it's almost a case of, no, this child is just born evil, and that's what he does. Um, but definitely, yeah, I mean, this one has the obviously has a slightly. Yeah. I mean, actually, this is something that I was uh, thinking about as well that we've not really concentrated on. Um, but horror has a real affinity with it as a cinematic thing. Taglines, yes, like the movie, the, the taglines on the poster and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah, because it's got a good one. Yeah, it? the night no one comes home. Which actually refers back to the original Halloween, which the tagline of which is the night he came home. Uh. And yeah, and it's like so yeah. I like that. I, I like that so I like the fact that it links 
from Halloween, but also I just think it's a really disturbing. That sound that sounds like a fairy tale. Yeah. That sounds like a grim story. The night no one comes home. Yeah. Yeah. Just is yeah, sinister. It should be in the Penguin Book of Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It? It's, got it's, that. it's got that sort of feel. Yeah. Definitely. But but the I mean obviously John Carpenter produced this. Um, and he's mates with Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace, the last time, last time Tommy Lee Wallace graced our presence was only a couple of episodes back for Big Trouble in Little China because mm. he was filming Second Unit, and uh, also he, he lent his uh, guitar skills and dulcet tones to the Coupe de Ville's. Oh, did he really? In, yeah, he, ah. Coupe de Ville's is Tommy Lee Wallace, John Carpenter, and another guy, uh, another director. Oh, and okay. yeah, so he's he's the one singing. I'm little China, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but uh, Carpenter, obviously, John Carpenter did the music on this. With this is one of the first ones he did with Alan Howarth, who's kind of his go-to collaborator for most of his films. What do yeah. they both do? Uh, they're both it's both uh, synths, cables, and okay. so yeah. But um, yeah, because. Um, like it, it's it's weird. This is almost a John Carpenter film in all but name. Yeah, it because it it's, it's Halloween, which is his his property with Deborah Hill and the Delorientas company. Hmm. And so, yeah, he had a lot of he had a lot of hands in it. Um, but originally, Joe Dante was going to direct this. Uh, That'd be a very different. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing. Because I know him more for his family, like you know, for the Burbs and Gremlins, and yeah. But then I mean, Joe Dante always, yeah, Joe Dante stuff's always quite playful. I mean, there's the Howling, and even the Howling is yeah, that can that is a bit brutal in places. It's brutal in places, but it is it also has humour to it. Yeah, and I think that the, that there's a lot in this that is intentionally funny. Uh, yeah, because. Like I say, Joe Dante was meant to direct it. He he approached Nigel Neal to do the script. Now, Nigel Neal was the guy who did... Uh, we spoke about him on a previous episode because he did um, the Quatermass stuff mm. on TV, like the science fiction Quatermass. He did the Stone Tape. He did yeah. Beasts and like, just really, really good stuff. The Year of the Sex Olympics and stuff. And uh, one of the Quatermass stories... Is centered around stone circles mm-hmm. and and power thereof. So I mean, it sort of links to the Stonehenge theft in that. That is one of the best bits as well. You wouldn't believe yeah. the trouble we had getting it here. Yeah, <laughs> not going to tell you how. Yeah, but well, we don't. <laughs> but that's it. Like comments like that surely were intentionally. Oh yeah, really yeah. light-hearted. Um, but that's the thing. So he sort of so he asked Nigel Neal to write it. Nigel Neal, who was apparently in LA. Working on a script for an ultimately never filmed remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon, directed by John Landis. Oh, that could have been again. Good. And and the thing, well, the thing is, is that John Landis does more humorous horror. Mm. Uh, Joe Dante definitely uh, does the same. Is in the same sort of area. Yeah. And Nigel Neal, I think, was working to that thing because he made something. He described it as sort of weird comic and horror. Yeah. So I think a lot of the stuff sort of stays in there. However, Tony Wallace took over and the producers were sort of saying they wanted the story simplified and there wasn't enough gore in it. 
So he rewrote. Uh, so, oh no! So John Carpenter rewrote the scripts, yeah. and then Tommy Lee Wallace rewrote that the script that John Carpenter had done. Okay. So, but according to him, sixty percent of Neil's of Nigel Neil's stuff is still in the film, or sixty okay. percent of his original story or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that a lot of the humour side of it and the more whimsical stuff. And actually, probably a lot of the sort of blackness of like, I mean, the Cupfers are a ridiculous family. Yeah. But they don't deserve that. Mm. Yeah. But I think a lot of that sort of bleakness and blackness probably comes from. I would even imagine the uh, Sarwen or Sam Hain stuff. Yeah. Like about the sacrifices and things like that. That would go from him. Mm. Also, Nigel Neal's. Nigel Neal, it, it reminded me, because I'm sort of thought about it with my Nigel Neal head on yep. whenever I've watched it. And Quatermass 2 is um, sort of one of the things about it is that it takes place in a gated community where a factory has been set up, a mysterious factory. Hmm. All the workers live on site hmm. or live within like a town that's been taken over by the company and moved their people into work there. Yeah. And in Quatermass 2, he at one point talks to a tramp who used to live there, oh. but is now been kicked out because of that. And that's, you know, obviously reflected in this. Yeah. yeah. Really sort of obviously. And also just the fact that the surveillance cameras thing is so... In this, it's so sinister. Yeah. And yet it's now... It, it's almost it's commonplace, you know. Yeah, so, it's good to know that's what yeah. real life is like. Yeah, you, know, you can't you know. walk down, you can't walk from one road to another without being caught mm. on multiple cameras. And I mean, it's it's not quite the same in America, but I mean, so, and certainly like small town America, it's not quite the same. But something like a factory or an establishment, you would not blink twice that they've got cameras. Yeah, you know, and you'd hope they were fucks like more eye deaf than the ones they've got. Yeah. That looked yeah, that like an Android's migraine. Yeah, <laughs> that was awful. So yeah, but then in the end, John Carpenter, uh, sorry, uh, Nigel Neal felt that the film was they dropped a lot of the the sort of more humorous side of it. It was too violent, too gory for him. So he actually sued them to get his name taken off it. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, if, I'm assuming he still took the money. But <laughs> well, yeah, because the um, yeah the kills in this. Oh, really brutal! Like that first mm. one, the yeah. eye popping. Yeah. I I always forget is that because it's that close up when he just adjusts his hand like yeah. a fucking drill or something. Yeah, you know, it's like, like clamps out. And yeah, you just see him get older than up the bridge of the nose and just yoink yeah. it out. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's so horrific. But that so that made sense later when it turns out they were machines. Yeah. Because so I was thinking, yeah, was that necessary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, that's some messed up person who's just done that for sort of no reason. And when they bump off, but the weird thing is, they bump off the pathologist mm. with the drill, the helpful drill in the drawer. Yeah. yeah. You're an assassin with super strength. Yeah. Why, didn't why, you, hey, why didn't you bring your own fucking weapon? Yeah. Two, you could just rip her bloody head off. I was going to say they take the yeah. other tramp, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Hold him yeah. down and take his head. But and then, and then that could have gone either way. Because I reckon uh, we're going back to the handkerchief there. Yeah, because they kneel him down and it yeah. does look a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the lighting's but, a bit. Funny. And there's one, just one squirt. 
comes out. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah I that thought, massive that... gush of blood that just arcs <laughs> up into the yeah. air. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it, I think probably I, I think you're right though. I think they'd run out of blood by the drilling mm. because there's no there's that's quite masked. Also, also I'm not sure yeah. the drill had its battery in it. I kind of felt like <laughs> it was the same when I saw it, but oh, maybe yeah, yeah. Like the sort of power pack. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it did because it did was it? a silver drill with a black power pack on the bottom. Yeah, oh. fair enough. So it may have just disappeared into the dark as he held it. Yeah. Disappeared into the dark as he held it. <laughs> um, like we said earlier, Silver Shamrock Jingle is based on London Bridges falling down because it's out of copyright. Yeah. No one, they don't have to pay for it. That song is awesome. That has mm, been my ringtone yeah. on and off for the last <laughs> 10 years. I mean. How fucking much would you be insane if that was just an advert that had been playing at, at least eight days? Even yeah. just in that... <laughs> Film that yeah. you must see that advert at least a dozen times. It I think is it's more than that all the time. Mm, yeah, it's over and over again. And it would that would fucking that drive would you insane. Drive, yeah, it's on the radio. Yeah, it's, it's on it's on everywhere. four fucking channels or whatever it is, three channels. Every time he walks past a TV shop, it's on. Every yeah. everywhere he goes in, it's playing on a TV somewhere. And it's just yeah. So I did actually like it on this watching. I don't know whether it would feel like too much if I watched it a few more times but yeah I, I, it did I quite liked each day counting down and the build up to that and yeah. it's like yeah. there's something pretty serious is going to happen and obviously as you learn that it's all the children about to get turned into snakes and mm. insects <laughs> and things like that's, that was a pretty good it's, yeah because it's weird because it is a countdown but it's a jovial one yeah, yeah. and a sort so of like weird. you know it, which and as you say as you learn that makes it worse. Mm. Yeah, because you feel optimistic. It's, it's, it's going to be something yeah. exciting at the end yeah. of this. And it is, yeah, all the children are going to get... Yeah, sacrificed. Sacrificed to the moon. Which yeah, is it's... Interesting. It's, but yeah, I think that that's... And again, just... Um, like we said, it's that is just... And I don't think... You don't get sick of it in the film. That's, no. that's the thing. But... If it was, oh, yeah. you get sick of it because it's going to be in your head for the next week. Every oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris. Bed, every yeah, time you wake up, it, yeah. it's there. And and when you get to Halloween, that will be. Yeah. that really will be there. Um, other things are found out. Uh, Santa Mira is also the setting of the original 1956 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, cool. And the big three, the big Halloween three masks. Hmm were provided by Don Post Studios. Yes. And that's Donald Post was one of the first people to create and sell latex masks, like rubber masks for Halloween and dress up and things yeah. like that. And the Skull and the Witch were adaptions of existing masks that they made, mm-hmm. but the Jack-O-Lantern was created for Halloween 3. Um, but they also were the ones who made the William Shatner mask that ended up getting ah. turned into the Michael Myers mask. Cool. So even even that kind of follows through as a theme or whatever. Why was there a William Shatner mask? Uh, I presume because of Star Trek being popular, so there were kids who had William Shatner uh. masks. And then, yeah, Halloween, the Michael Myers mask, like the white blank face, is like a re... It's like a, a mould taken of that mask, mm. I think, with the eye holes, like, widened. Yeah, and then they just painted it white. Yeah, and, that is... and sort of removed any hair or anything like that. 
but yeah, that's uh, yeah, because the that company then made the official ones that were sold after this film. Yeah, um, and you can get them on eBay, but you're looking at four hundred quid upwards a mask. Yeah, they they're, they're pretty pricey. There's, I think, that there's even companies now who've bought uh, bought the rights to them. Who do them sort of annually? Oh, cool! But again, I think you're you're probably talking at least like sixty quid, at least I would imagine. I still for pay that each and get all three of them and have them on display somewhere because they are mm-hmm. phenomenal. And a silver shamrock jack o' lantern mask with metal badge appears in a Halloween episode of Knight Rider. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. yeah. Obviously, Tom Atkins is in the fog, as we said. He's in, he's in Escape from New York. I think he's the guy, one of the prison guys, isn't he? He like, works for Lee Van Cleef. Oh, I can't remember. I've not seen that since... Oh, I saw it. Well, no, we saw it at the All-Nighter at the Prince Charles a few years back. But other than yeah. that, I've not seen it since the 90s, I don't think. But he's in uh, Standing Creep Show. Um, oh, yeah. Like the, the, the wraparound. The father, isn't he? The, yeah. The drunken father who keeps yeah. taking all his comic books away. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's obviously like you said, he's Night of the Creeps. He's in Lethal Weapon, Maniac Cop. Uh, he's in the facts in the case of Mister Valdemar's sequence of Two Evil Eyes. Okay. Uh, he's in Bruiser, which is a George uh, George Romero uh, film as well from two thousand. Ah. And Connell Cochran, who is let. What did you think of him as a villain? Because. I just think he's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, I had that written down. I really liked the obsessive CEO, mm. which was... I forgot his name. Um, yeah, I thought he did great. Because he's just... its He's... A, he's really sort of gleeful. Yeah. You know, about the whole affair, both when he's fronting as just a normal mm. businessman and when he's showing off about his... And yeah. I, want, I want the witchcraft computer room. Yeah. yeah, I want that because that that is the only way I really should be recording music. I'm just yeah, just throwing that out there. I still love the so even when he had him tied up on the chair mm. and he told him what was going to happen to him, he left him there to die. And as he left, and he turned towards the door and then just turned back and said, "Oh, and happy Halloween." Yeah, and he said, "Oh, he's such a sinister because." Mug. bastard. because that's the weird thing when he's talk when he's leaning on the TV because he doesn't really. Because um, when I've seen him in other stuff, yeah, that's that's his voice. That he's not putting on a voice. He was, uh, he is, he was Irish. Yeah, and he's been um, away long enough to be yeah, but it's sort of quite clipped and sort of yeah. almost, almost, almost Brit, Britishized yeah. Yeah. or whatever. But um, but when he's telling the story of that, and it, and it just that he's just his eyes almost like roll into the back of his head. Yeah. And he like he's sort of his face drops and he's he becomes more Irish, like his mm. accent gets slightly yeah. heavier as he's describing like the hills running with bl- running yeah. red with blood. And then he sort of s- almost like snaps out of it and then goes back to avuncular. Yeah. And even the fact he applauds him when he's yeah, like, when he's done the thing, yeah. you know. Um and I think yeah, I think he's just Brilliant in it. Mm. Uh, uh, the actor's Dan O'Hellahy. Um, 136 credits. Yeah. Bloody hell. It, I want to see more of his stuff because, yeah, in this, he's amazing and I don't, I can't think of anything else I've seen in it. Robocop. 
He's, he's the head of OCP oh, in Robocop 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The old man, as yeah. he's described in it, yeah. I think Gary Oldman plays that. No, Gary Oldman's Miguel Ferrer's character anyway. Anyway. I've really, not seen the remake. Ah, fair so enough. But he's also Andrew Packard in the second series of Twin Peaks. You know Catherine and Pete? Yeah. And then her brother comes back from the dead, the one who was married to Josie. Yes. Yeah, that's him. I wanted well. to rewatch that, and this is another reason why I should have. I wanted to rewatch it before I watched the new season. Def- definitely do um, so, yeah. But well, it's too late now because I'm on episode six of the new. Oh wow! Season. <laughs> oh. Episode eight. It just it does it so far. It hasn't uh, spoiler free because there's nothing to spoil because I still don't know anything. Right. It's brought up more questions and answered nothing. It's it, it, this is. Like the, the first two seasons were a bit like a normal sitcom with the odd weird shit going on in the background. This is just total lunacy. It's this is David Lynch. David Lynch, yeah. yeah. Just being given free reign to just mess with your I head. know, it's fucking brilliant. I, I'm so <laughs> in love with it. And I will say this. Right, I'm, uh, I just watched... latest episode was 13. Mm. It has now, and I, I will say this, it has now become apparent in episode 13 that time may not be linear in the narrative. Oh, we may be watching God. shit out of sequence now. Oh, but it's only God. just come up that that's a possibility. And it's like, you bastards. <laughs> so, net- so now you've got to rethink the last 13 hours to try and put it all back in together. Put it the back best together. bit is, is apparently somewhere they showed, uh, like, I can't remember where it was, it was like Spain or somewhere like that. Like, it was someone, it was a non English speaking country. Yeah. But they have shown, accidentally, they've shown episode 14 instead of 13. So, if time is non linear, I'm not sure if that even matters. <laughs> <laughs> because they may, they may, you know, stuff that's happened in episode 13 possibly concluded in episode 12. Oh, bloody hell. But I don't know. David Lynch is my favourite character in it as well. Oh, just, yeah. I just love him. I just love him. You look like a <laughs> sprightly young chihuahua. <laughs> no, no, but I tell you, I, I love him, but my favourite character in it so far is Michael Sarah. Oh, what? Will he, he turns up as the son on the motorbike. Yeah. And just says... Like Marlon Brando. For no reason. <laughs> Wally <laughs> Brando. Yeah, where he's... the fuck? I've travelled up and down this country. <laughs> the strangest monologue yeah. I've ever seen. It's... No, it's bizarre. Oh, it's phenomenal. Anyway, sorry. So, no, it's cool, sorry. because, I mean, it's, it's Mr... It is uh, kind of... Mr. Lynch, Mr. Yeah. Hurley, oh, Hurley, he sent us down that route. But also, like we were saying, there's a thing like a, the Cabinet of Caligari from 1962, mm-hmm. which appears to be some re- kind of remake, reimagining of the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It's something to do with Robert Block, who wrote Psycho. Okay. So, I, but I he know. He did a lot of the uh, Amicus stuff as well, didn't he, Robert Block? He's a lot yeah. of his in the anthology. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he was like, I think he's like from Beyond the Grave or Vault of Horrors, one of his, his I think. Yeah. yeah, I think he's got a couple in. Mm. As, I, I think Asylum might. I don't know if all of the Asylum I think it or, is, yeah. I think yeah. he's definitely in there. But yeah, and then just loads of telly, you know. <laughs> Excellent. No, not all of it good because uh, it includes the Father Dowling mysteries. 
Uh, Battlestar Galactica, I Five O, the Bionic Woman, the Man from Uncle. Mm, iconic stuff then. Charlie's Angels, yep. Yeah. Murder She Wrote. Yeah. Unlike Murder She Done. <laughs> I watched, again, off subject, I watched both the Charlie's Angels films the other week, back what, to back. What, the, the new the, ones with Drew yeah. Barrymore and things. Yes. They're massively entertaining films. Yeah, definitely. I went to see the first one and was. I think I was just so assuming that I was not going to like anything, I really fucking enjoyed it. So this is why I went back, because I watched them and I enjoyed them, and now five years later I was thinking, I can't really, I can't really have enjoyed it. They can't really have been good, and they were. They were really, really enjoyable. I might have to go for that then. Really? I, I, yeah. I figured I wouldn't like it. No, no, I... Who, who I is it? Batshit crazy, they're brilliant. Who, who's in it? So it's... Um, Cameron Diaz, Cameron Lucy Diaz, Lou. Lucy Lou and... Um, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And who's Charlie? Um, it's still the same guy who used to be the voice of Charlie, the guy from Dynasty. Something Forsyth, and oh, they died. But he's still the voice of Charlie. Um, what In one of them, Bill Murray's Bosley, isn't he? Yes. Who was like the helper. Yeah. And then in Very the cool. second one, it's it's is it the guy from Bad Santa, who's blackmailing them? The no, black guy. I don't, I don't oh no! Yeah, the guy you. I'm sure it is. I can't remember. He's definitely in it. Yeah. I'm sure it's him. I'm sure it's the guy from Bad Santa. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Brilliant. He, he's fantastic. I can only think of him in Bad Santa, but he's one of the best things of that film, and that's a great film. Yeah. See, I've not I've not seen Charlie's Angels two, but I do. I, I enjoyed one. Charlie's Angels two is is it's just it's extended just as, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, just as mental. I might have a couple of unsung here. Oh, mm. now we've got both of them stunt guys. One of them, Lloyd Catiet mm-hmm. or Katayet. Um He uh, does. Loads of stunt work in this, but he is uh, Jeff Bridges' stunt, or has doubled a lot for Jeff Bridges. Okay. Um, so he's in Starman, like the John Carpenter film. Yeah. Um, he's also in the King Kong, the '76 remake of King Kong. Yeah. Fisher King, which obviously Terry Terry Gilliam, but again Jeff Bridges is yeah. in that. Um, the Vanishing, Big Lebowski, Cool. Tideland, Iron Man. So he's obviously oh, sort of gone, yeah. gone along. Uh, Men who stare at goats, Tron Legacy, True Grit. So he's wow, you know he's yeah. done a lot, but he mainly yeah doubles for him. And uh, this guy, right? This this is going to be a series of amazing fucking things, right? Go on. It's the guy, I believe. It's the guy who digs the eyes out. Mm. Yeah. He's also a stuntman. Okay. That's why he can be thrown around and punched out and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Right, he. What the right for a start. His name. Dick Warlock. Wow. Which, if nothing else, is like a satanic pong name. <laughs> yeah. Um. As, as 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 time progresses, as in the in sort of like as we get into the eighties and nineties, uh, he starts being credited as Richard Warlock. Okay. Probably with good reason. Yes. Now, this man, Mr. Dick Warlock, Kurt Russell's stunt double for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. Right? Man. So, obviously, he's done a lot with Mr. Carpenter, because yeah. Kurt Russell's done a lot with Mr. Carpenter. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so he is he he's doing stunts in Escape from New York, Halloween Two, The Thing, Christine, Big Trouble in Little China. Um, but most importantly, in Halloween Two, he is Michael Myers. Wow. Where they obviously decided that it probably makes sense to have a stunt, much in the same way as they did with Jason and things yeah, like that, yeah. get a stunt performer to play the character so they can be chucked downstairs and run over and yeah. shit like that, <laughs> and we don't have to hire two people. Yeah, cool. So, And apparently he does the convention circuit to this day and uh, signs himself as uh, as uh, Michael Myers 2. Wow. Because the, the first guy, actually, I think the first guy who plays Michael Myers in the first film is called Nick Castle, which is Tom Atkins' character's name in The Fog. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's... So he does that. He's also... That is definitely an unsung hero. Yeah. He's the father of Billy Warlock, who's Bill in Society. Oh, I've not seen that in a very long time. I've got a Blu-ray. I don't know if I'll... I don't think I want to see that composer for films and stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, but both of them, as teenagers, are in Halloween too. <laughs> so, he also did stunts for um, Mel Brooks. He's in Blazing Saddles, Silent Movie, Spaceballs, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, he's he's a driver, like stunt driver in The Love Bug and Herbie Rides Again. Uh, illustrated Man, you know, the... Adaption of oh, the Ray Bradbury, Bradbury. Yeah. yeah, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Soylent Green, Freaky Friday, obviously Jeremy wow. Curtis again, The Dead Zone, Friday the Thirteenth, A New Beginnings. That number five, I believe so. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, Commando, Manhunter, The Running Man, Remote Control, yeah. Pumpkinhead, The Deadpool again, oh, uh, Alien Nation, Tequila Sunrise, well again, Kurt Russell, yeah, The Abyss, Tango and Cash, Kurt Russell, obviously. Charles Play 2 and 3, uh, Casino, the first That's Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Ridiculous. Yep, on TV he was in, I mean, amongst other things, but he was in The Six Million Dollar Man, Gunsmoke, Kung Fu, Cold Chap, The Night Stalker, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, and Married With Children. Bloody hell. So dude. there we go, Mr. Dick Warlock. A lot of shit, and also, he got to pretend to be Kurt Russell. That's almost as good as being, being Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Pumpkinhead. I love Pumpkinhead. Yeah. So, so, so. That's one we should much. watch as well because yeah. I have not. I can honestly say I don't think I've seen Pumpkinhead. I may not have actually seen Pumpkinhead all the way through. I thought I think I've only ever seen it on the telly, and sort of dropped in like twenty minutes in or half an hour. See, in. I thought I'd seen it, and then about ten years ago. It was on the Horror Channel or something on like a Friday night. Mm. And I was in on my own and I had nothing to do. I, it, was, it, was a, it was a Tom Atkins night. I had a six pack of Miller and <laughs> all out. And it came on and I thought, oh, Pumpkinhead, that's, you know, that's a bit of a classic. I'm sure I watched it back in the day. Mm. And I was just mesmerised by it. And then I went online and bought two, three and four so that I could sit and watch all of that. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's one of my 
one of my favourites. It favorites. sounds like a Halloween one. Uh, yeah, no, not really. Mm. He no, is in a pumpkin patch. And in order to bring him to life, you have to get the head from the witch and go to the pumpkin patch and bury the pumpkin in his grave and then he rises from the grave and takes vengeance on whoever you want him to take vengeance on. Mm-hmm. And you get to see through his eyes and feel as he kills whoever yeah, that's you... That's a bit different. Um, but yeah, then ultimately they always regret it and think, yeah. yeah, I don't think I wanted vengeance quite as much as I thought I wanted vengeance. Mm. Yeah, always. It's always lightweights. Do you know? I'm just sitting there, right? Right. Next up, let's kill the prime minister. Yeah. You know, it's just let's let's see how far we can take this down the line. Come on, Bumpy. (laughs) But yeah, it's a it's it's a brilliant film. Really good. Really nice looking. Really nice feel. Yeah. Yeah. Very eighties. It's uh, yeah. It's one. Um. But yeah. So back to the I. I love this film I tell everybody they should watch this and I don't know why this film isn't I know a lot of people look down on it because it's part of a series but it isn't really part of a series but if you just took that Mm. away from it and just called it Season of the Witch Witch or something you know I I think it'd do a lot better than it did it's a fantastic film yeah it's got a really good sense of humour even if a lot of it Probably half of it is intentional and half of it isn't, but... Not only that, but also the weird thing is, is it, it still maintains a level of dread. Mm. Because, the, I mean, it's particularly soundtrack-wise, it's a very, yeah. very bleak soundtrack. Yeah. It's a disturbing... Like, it's one of those scores that gets the... Where it starts annoying... Not, yeah, it does. Well, it, it, yeah, because it's, it's, it's like really an alarm. It's high-pitched, yeah, and it just plays for minutes on end. Yeah. It just makes you... Name that synth. Name that synth. <laughs> I, think, I think they're probably using a profit. Yeah. Possibly an ARP. I'm sure Wes will just turn around and just... Spit in my eye and say, You fool, sir. You've made yourself look a fool in front of at least two people. Oh, the horror. Yeah, oh, the horror. Oh, the humanity. Right, you, you, if you're listening, Wes, comment below. Let us know what synth is being used. I'll, I'll, look, it, I'll look it up in the sleeve. I'm sure it says it in there. Oh, yeah, soundtrack. probably. probably. So. Comment but, anyway, Wes, because we miss you. Yeah. You stripy little monkey. The last thing I was going to say about it was I thought it was a good blend of technology admittedly they're just sort of pressing some buttons it's not like they're going into any detail on exactly how their technology works but you know going through TV which was I kind of thought TV rotting children's brains yeah was it meant to be a bit of a uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, even, of there's even the bit where the mum says, "Don't stand too yeah. near to the telly yeah. because you'll hurt your eyes." Yeah, um, see, it's funny that used to be a thing, didn't mm-hmm. it? They always used to tell. And yeah. then, of course, you've got VR where you just get your Straight HD phone it, yeah. and basically plaster it to your. But face. also, like yeah. no one's eyes went square. No, like, we all should have square eyes, and mm. so I mean, I guess was that just meant to be metaphorical? And it meant I think that was metaphorical. Bad. I don't yeah. think there was ever. Yeah. A, I don't, no, I don't think that did. it was ever backed up by the <laughs> BMI. You know, but I they definitely <laughs> did say that too close to the TV. Yeah. Oh yeah, your eyesight. But yeah. but then but then it sort of is because it's the same thing they tell you if you can't have your eyes tested. Do you have any trouble? What do you do? Work in front of a computer because that's all anyone fucking yeah. does. Yeah. Um, do you have any trouble with the screen? No. 
well, if you start finding the screen goes blurry, come and speak to us. Yeah. So they are expecting it to fuck your eyes up. But is, is, there, is there some science behind it, as in, uh, is it say, to do with the muscle in I the think eye? Yeah, I think it's just it doesn't eye strain. Get, yeah, it doesn't mm. get enough use. That's fireworks. Fireworks, yeah. Oh, I, was, I, was, I just thought maybe career is shown out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this... Uh, Mm. So I don't know what's happening. It seems to be happening regularly. I don't know whether the golf course oh, right, have okay. started doing weddings. I mean, I don't know who's getting married on a Thursday night, but um, well, if I'd have known you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, consi- considering we might be the victims of a creeping barrage, <laughs> um, shall we? Shall we sort of wrap it up? Wrap it up. I mean, I agree with you. I love this fucking film. Mm. Yeah. And I like the fact that it's totally alien from the rest of the series. Yeah. And this goes back to what you were saying with the news article the other week about John Carpenter finally getting the rights to work on TV and do his own Halloween-themed series of episodes. Yeah, like anthology thing, yeah. Oh, and I I really cannot wait for that. I Mm. really can't. Definitely. Um... So, what's lined up for next episode? Yeah. Ghost Watch. Mm. So, for those uninitiated, anybody in the states who has no idea what Ghost Watch is, um, you can watch it all on YouTube. You can. It has been released on DVD, so you can buy it. It's worth getting. It is so worth getting. If you've anyone, anyone listening who's. In, well, obviously, if you're listening, you're into horror. You don't. <laughs> but anyone who's into horror, who's not seen it, or was too young to catch it, or anything, seek it out because it is truly, genuinely, brilliantly done. It, and I and I would say still effective now. It's mm. amazing. And the only thing to remember going in and watching it now, it well, there's two things to remember is that one, at the time at which it aired, I, and and most people, the idea of a mockumentary almost didn't exist. Mm. You never had anything on TV. You had like Spinal Tap, I think, was already out of this point. Yeah, but that was was comedy. Yeah. You rarely had anything dramatic. Don't give away too much. No, I know. But, well, it's not weird. Which posed as something real, Mm. but wasn't. And secondly, yeah, so when everybody saw it, it had just been in the newspaper that it was being broadcast from a haunted house and there was no real, it, there was no, this is who wrote it, this is who scripted it. It was, the, and it was posted as far as I'm aware. Oh, so remember that before you watch it, that everybody who went into it, as far as they were concerned, what you were watching was what was happening if you missed if you missed the intro because it was part of a drama strand yeah like I think it was like screen two or something like that but unless you saw the two second ident that said screen two or you switched channels you would assume you were in it I I get I I thought seeing that I thought that was a, a you know like a production company yeah it exactly never... it never it, no it doesn't that's the thing is if you're not aware of it 
if you're not aware of who that yeah who of that what that was yeah do you mean it was like War of the Worlds where you thought it was precisely a, yeah. in many ways it's the, it was kind of it kind of had the same effect mm. over here certainly you know there's because it was because it was Halloween, wasn't it? It was broadcast. It was on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Halloween fell on a Saturday that year, mm. and it was on. Um, and again, not to, well, I'll save it all for for the next episode. But if you are particularly interested, there is a documentary that accompanied this called Behind the Curtain, I believe. Mm. Uh, which Adam, you uh, bless him, I didn't even know it had been released. Adam bought it for me and had it delivered here, so I didn't even know it was a thing. And it just arrived on my doorstep, and I was. Like a small child on Christmas morning. It wasn't me. It was pipes. It was pipes. <laughs> like a man with his head pulled off, squirting blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's worth seeking out and checking out as well because that was very interesting. And I will rewatch that before our next episode. Yeah, I think I'll I'll uh, I'll try and do the same as well because that'll give us a lot of yeah. Well, basically, that will give us everything we need to know because it's a good real. Thorough documentary. That it, yeah, it, it's longer than the TV show itself. It's yeah. longer than Ghost Watch was. So. Yeah. Um, just back to the head being torn off. He had just had a can of cheese whiz. Do you think they're meant to be <laughs> like? Is that meant to foreshadow what happens to him? Because <laughs> they come over to him and he's like straight yeah. up in the air. So I wonder. God, I want to try cheese whiz. <laughs> well, if I was to rub no. around myself and then no, all right. No. Okay, fair enough. Let's not go there. Same trick I try every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe next week, Adam. Maybe next week. Oh, look at that big bastard. Out. For the, the benefits benefit of the tape, <laughs> Lee is looking out of the window. There are massive fireworks exploding across the road. It must be a wedding. Anyway. Well, we hope. So this isn't very entertaining for you guys listening. Thanks ever so much for listening. Um, and, uh, yeah. Seek us out at Instagram, yep. SoundCloud... Uh, Facebook our, our website welcome to horror.com yeah uh, yeah all those places or email us at info at welcome to horror.com um, let us know your thoughts if you saw Ghost Watch um, yeah please message us and let yeah. us know what you thought I'd love to hear um, I, I, it's one of those things I love to hear other people's stories definitely what happened when they first saw it um because it was, it, was, it was devastating for a lot of people. But anyway, spoiler free. But yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, we shall see you all in a fortnight's time for the third part. <laughs> Fuck a duck, that was that. For the third part of our Halloween extravaganza. Thanks very much. Good night. Bye. Bye. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. And remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it.